Hi, I'm Justin Janetsko. I'm a former educator and chaplain for the Seventh-day Adventist Church, and now mostly interested in aspects of humanism. Hi, I'm Chris Bobianco. I grew up in the Seventh-day Adventist community and enjoy challenging myself and growing through conversations. Welcome to the Talus Slopes podcast. If you're questioning the legitimacy of your Christian experience, you're not alone. We've been there too. That's why we're here. We're going to call out and condemn the toxic behavior and senseless narratives perpetuated by Christians, and we'll provide credible counterpoints and bring the receipts. Join us as we confront and weigh in on some of the craziest things Christians think, say, and do that often go unchecked here on the Talus Slopes podcast. So Chris, in 2005, I graduated from Southern Adventist University, which is a Seventh-day Adventist school down in Chattanooga, Tennessee, and I graduated with a religious education degree. And from that point, I went to Forest Lake Academy, which is a Seventh-day Adventist secondary school in Orlando, Florida, and I started teaching. For whatever reason, this school decided to give me full control over a classroom. Sounds dangerous. It was a little scary. Mostly for me. I don't think the kids had a problem with it, but it was definitely scary for me. But I wanted to do it so bad. I wanted to teach them the Bible. So they gave me like, I think, three or four Bible classes to teach. I remember I was teaching Old Testament history. And so we started in the book of Genesis, of course. And we're going on through that. And lo and behold, we happen upon the chapter of Genesis 19. Ah, yes. Sodom and Gomorrah. Yeah. Chris, you know, Sodom and Gomorrah, which is a super interesting story. If you don't know it, you can go check it out in Genesis 19. I'll give you like a little rundown. Basically, it centralizes around this main character, Lot, who is the uh, who is the nephew, sorry, of Abraham, a, a huge figure in, in Jewish and Christian uh, history. And Lot lives in Sodom with his family. Earlier, God is talking to Abraham and saying, I'm basically going to destroy Sodom. It's so wicked. It's so evil. The people that live there are awful. I'm going to do it. And Abraham's like, no, you got to rescue Lot. Lot's a good boy, please. So God decides he's going to save Lot and his family from Sodom. The mechanism by which he does this is he sends, do you know? Two angels. Yeah, he sends two angels, I guess, that look like human yeah, beings, they didn't, men. Yeah, they didn't know they were angels yet. Yeah, to Sodom. These two angels walk into Sodom and they decide that they're going to spend the night there in the center square. Lot happens upon them, sees them, recognizes them as strangers and says, my dudes, do not do this. Please come and stay with me. And they're like, now we cool, we cool. And Lot's like, I insist you really do not want to do this. Right. Please come stay with me. Lot knows something they don't. Yeah, red flag right there. Lot but, knows something hmm. we all don't at this point. Yeah. So the angels go, they stay with Lot and his family. During the night, and, and this is what Genesis 19 says, Genesis 19 actually says, literally all of the men, both young and old, of the city of Sodom, come to the house of Lot, and they're knocking on the door, and what do they want? They want the strangers outside. But why? They want to have sex with them. Yo, the Bible said it, not me. Yeah, it's it, that's what the Genesis 19 story says. It says these men say, bring out the men who are in your house so that we can have sex with them. And Lot's response is, no, my friends, do not do this wicked thing. And then he says, and I'll read this here. Look, I have two daughters who have never slept with a man. Let me bring them out to you and you can have your way with them, which that's a mm, whole other conversation. Yeah, that's a whole other conversation. I'm not going to get to that right now. But the that's basically what happens. If Again, if you want to know how the story ends up, please feel free and, and read it in Genesis 19. 
we're going to move on from there. But that story has been used over and over and over again to talk about the quote-unquote homosexual or homosexuality in just not even in the church, but in in general, general, just in general. As I'm teaching this particular lesson, I go to the curriculum guide that was supplied for me to, to teach. And it's got a bunch of like assessments and tests and quizzes and stuff in there. And there is a worksheet that apparently I can take and give to my students to assess their knowledge on this particular story. And the worksheet, I'm actually going to post some some pictures of this worksheet up on our social media site. So if you actually want to see the worksheet, you can go there and check it out. But otherwise, I'm going to actually describe the worksheet to you. And I want to read this to you, Chris, and just kind of see what you think about this. Now, now, mind you, this is for freshmen. The baby. I didn't mention that earlier, but freshmen were taking this class. Oof. Yeah. Like literal children. And this is what some Christian company out there that creates these this curriculum thinks is a good thing to give to literal children. So the worksheet's here in front of me. It's called homophobes. It says right at the top in, in big, bold letters, homophobes. And then off to the upper right-hand corner, there's an image. It's actually a picture, a scene of these two, it looks like young gentlemen. And they've got their arms wrapped around each other as if they're in some kind of erotic relationship. <laughs> Can I say erotic relationship? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I see friends have that same pose all the time. So I guess... I guess it's supposed to be relationship. I think stuff. that they're supposed to be in a relationship. Yeah. I mean, I would assume so, given the other character is sick and about to puke. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, it's not just that on this worksheet, there are these two guys with their arms around each other. There's a third character there. And, and he's the prominent one. And he's the prominent one. He's he's closest here in the, in the, um, in the perspective, in the field. He is holding his stomach. He's got his tongue out like he's retching, and he's kind of looking at these these two guys with their arms around each other with the side eye. So he is He very, is the homophobe. He is the homophobe, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It says homophobes, but he is the homophobe, singular. So that's what this just looks like. Let's dive into the content, and there are five questions here. I'm so excited. And some of these questions actually have different parts to them, but we'll get into that here in a second. So question number one. Question number one is a short answer question. <laughs> and it's why are some kids called names like insert two slurs and then yeah and one of these is definitely still a slur today yeah i mean one has been reclaimed yeah. but given you said this was made in this was made the in 90s? like the mid 90s yeah right. it would i was teaching it later but a slur. yeah you can I, I remember i was actually when i went through Seventh Adventist Academy, I was the first class to actually get this particular curriculum. Oh, yeah. Wow. So in 2005, here I am teaching it. And I don't actually remember this worksheet from when I was in school, but obviously I definitely remember it from when I was teaching. That's crazy. Wow. Um, but whatever so- the case, <laughs> mid 90s, they, they drop in these slurs like hot potatoes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dropping these slurs like hot potatoes. Ooh, ooh, too hot. <laughs> I'm sorry. You're cracking me up. Mm. Okay. And that's the question. So I'm supposed to give this to like a literal 14-year-old and they're supposed to answer that. Which I never, there's never a scenario where teaching kids derogatory terms is okay for education purposes. Mm. That's that's all I'm going to say about that right now. Chris, they ain't done yet. Question number two. Homophobia means fear of homosexuals. Check two reasons 
why young people at your school might have homophobia. And then it's lists like seven or eight reasons as to why. So here they are. Homosexuals are weird. Homosexuality is contagious. Homosexual behavior is a sin. A person might get a reputation for being a homosexual if he or she was not afraid of homosexuals. This one gets me every time I read it. Homosexuals have AIDS. And this was wow. the mid-90s. Homosexuals hate God. Homosexuals might do something weird to you. Okay, so that's question number two. You get to select two of those that you think oh, just are two? just two that are reasons why people may have homophobia. Number three, yes, no, maybe so. All right, so there are five prompts here. You write in if you agree, disagree, or meh, you're on the fence. Number one, Christians should not talk about homosexuality. Yes, no, maybe so. Number two, Christians should be nicer to homosexuals. Amen. The idea that Christians should be nice in general, uh, that that is an option, is funny to me. That is funny. <laughs> number three, homo mm, number three, heterosexual sex outside of marriage is just as much a sin as homosexual sex. Uh, yeah, I got to throw in the premarital sex stuff right there. Well, you decide. Number four, there is not much that the church can do for the homosexuals. Mm. Oh, lost poor causes. unfortunate souls. But maybe not. You decide. You decide. And then the, the last one here is... <laughs> Wait, is this serious? The last one is homosexuals need lots of prayer. I think you need lots of prayer, person who wrote this. I digress. Number four is another short answer. What would you do if a homosexual sat next to you in church? That cracks me up. What are they doing? Wearing a pride flag across their chest? Come on. So that's something that you get to decide. As a kid, a Justin, freshman. Justin, what would you do if I sat next to you in church? I would dap you up. <laughs> Number five gets me every single time I look at this. It's a paragraph. It's a paragraph. And it says, complete the paragraph below using what you learn from reading scriptures. And, and the title of this paragraph is, what to do about the homosexual. The as if they're like wildlife running around right? the park like or they're something. Not even if you approach a homosexual people. in the wild, <laughs> Beware. Don't, don't turn your back. <laughs> don't offer it food. Or they will attack. Or they will attack when homosexuals attack. <laughs> you want fox. So here's what it is. It says, the world says homosexual, this is the paragraph, right? The world says homosexuality is an alternative lifestyle, but the Bible says homosexuality is blank. And then in order for you to fill in the blank, it has a Bible text here. And so the Bible text is Leviticus 18.22. Now, if you don't know what that says, I do. Here's what it's supposed to say. The world says homosexuality is an alternative lifestyle, but the Bible says that homosexuality is... A sin? A sin or an abomination or, or something very negative to that effect, right? It continues, God hates what homosexuals do, but he blank for each homosexual. And that text there is 2 Peter 3.9, and it's supposed to be like, he has patience, for, for for sinners, okay. basically. So he hates what they do, but he has patience for them. Then it says each of us is like the homosexual because blank. And the text we're supposed to learn from there is Romans 3, 22 through 23. If you don't know what that says, it's basically to the effect of all have sinned and fallen short. So each of us is like the homosexual because I guess this is supposed to say, we're all sinners. <laughs> Big yeah. shrug. I mean, I, I guess... But they're definitely making it seem worse. But okay. Okay. Let's. There's one more sentence here in this paragraph, and it says Christians should treat people who say they are homosexuals with blank. And the text we're supposed to look up to learn from is First John four, fifteen through eighteen, which I've looked up and I read. And the best that I can figure is we're supposed to love them. 
uh, Christians should treat people who say they are homosexuals with love. So that's it. That's that's the that's the homophobes worksheet. Did you like it? No, oh, I did yeah. not like it. No, it's awful. Like it 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 is straight up homophobic. Yes. Like it got the title got it right. Right. It's it's kind of funny to me. Homophobes being the title, it should have said this is homophobic. <laughs> this is homophobia, kids. Learn <laughs> learn from us. We're the best at it. Oh. Now to me, it is homophobic, yes, but it goes far beyond that. Yes. It's anti-human. I agree, 100%. You just can't escape that. I mean, the homosexual this, the whole, I don't know why I sound like Ben Carson, but the homosexual this, the homosexual, like, that's a person for crying out loud. What are you doing? And I I don't know how it is for everyone, but for me specifically, anytime I hear the word homosexual, it's only used in a religious context, first of all. And second, anytime it's used, it tends to be a negative thing conversation like you can tell how the church is going to talk about the community (laughs) based on their language yeah nobody's going to lie that is one dope homosexual there that right that doesn't well like not even that but like if you aren't even trying to engage in the language that the community the lgbtqia plus community uses like not even trying then obviously you have no respect for them yeah absolutely absolutely so it's not hard to see how this is not a great conversation. It's not even a conversation. It's very one-sided. Yeah, I mean, unless you have your head buried in the sand and don't care to know. Uh, Exactly, and that would be problematic too. Right. There are so many problematic and toxic concepts that are in this worksheet. I could rant for days, but... Four days? For days. Oh, four days. Oh, four days, yeah. I mean, probably probably four four days. days. too, yeah. (laughs) Stop. (laughs) Okay. There are so many toxic concepts in this worksheet. I could personally rant about them for a long time. Yeah. But I'm going to try to keep it to two things. Okay. At least for the concept of time. Do it. First, this worksheet was probably made in one of two ways. One, whoever wrote this was entirely ignorant about the LGBTQ plus community. Which is a strong possibility. Let's be real. Right. And I, I acknowledge that. But either way... That would not be helpful because this is supposed to be an educational resource. Right. Yes. And if you don't know what you're talking about, you should not be talking about it. Preach. Or two, whoever wrote this worksheet was intentional about the words used in order to create a negative viewpoint of the LGBTQ plus community. Yeah. That one seems a little bit more likely. I think so. Yeah. But either way, it doesn't matter. Either way is bad. Either way is not okay because this is supposed to be teaching kids. And if you just look L- at- Literal kids. Literal kids, like freshmen. I'm not talking about like a 25-year-old. Hey, I'm not a kid. Rude. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> You're not a kid. You ain't no kid. 14-year-old yeah. is a kid. A freshman in high school is a kid. That's what this worksheet was. That was the, the target audience. Right. And of course, if these kids have had little to no experience with anyone in the community, they have no way of knowing that this is right. Right. Regardless of what the intention was behind this worksheet, the point of this worksheet is designed to educate kids on how to be better Christians. And if you look at this worksheet and read it as it is, it's not teaching kids to be better Christians. It's giving them fuel to hate the LGBTQ plus community more. And that's very problematic. As someone who has experienced these kind of things before, I would not want anyone like giving kids slurs. 
to use. And right off the bat, too, they didn't even waste right? any time. They're like, let's do it. Like, I, I Come get your slurs, kids. Oh, gosh. If you look at some of these examples of the worksheet, we talked about some of these already. Yeah. First of all, the visuals. If it was just two dudes holding hands or holding each other and that was it, that would be different. But right. the fact that the prominent figure was physically sick. The homophobe. This, right? The homophobe. Number one homophobe. It, and that's the main image that you're supposed to look at is just automatically giving this indication that yeah. it should make you sick. Oh, yeah. Visually speaking, he's in the foreground. He's the center of the focus. Yes. And there's no other visuals to indicate any kind of love, acceptance that they promote at the very end of the worksheet themselves. Yeah. There's nobody standing next to him being like, come on, bro. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Like if there was other stuff or if it was just the two guys, that'd be one thing. Mm -hmm. But the focus is not that. Mm -mm. There's really no time to go into all the problems with questions two to four. So I'm going to go right to question That's five. True. Yeah, I, there's just too much. But question five, the paragraph, even if all of the Bible verses are completely accurate, you take that for granted. Real quick. I hate that paragraph. Thank you. I do too. Uh, in fact, we're going to do a bonus episode solely about that paragraph. Because there's so much to say. Yeah, that bonus episode is is for patrons only usually, but we're going to release it to everybody just so you can see what those bonus episodes are like and also so you can understand why we hate that paragraph so much. Very excited about that. But I'm sorry to interrupt. Go oh, ahead. Oh, you're okay. What about the paragraph? Tell us. Tell us. Even if you agree or just take for granted that all of the Bible verses are true and accurate, you still have the structure of the paragraph that gives you the bias that being gay is bad. Oh, yeah. There, there's no conversation. There's no wiggle room in that. It's like, no, the Bible is super clear. Right. And you're just supposed to assume that's fact. And as that's a freshman. A as, a as a freshman, right? And 14, I feel 15? Like it would be very easy 11? to accept that. No, no. I taught freshmen. They're like 14 and 15. <laughs> not be 11. I hope not. Well, they'd be a smart kid. Huh. Anyways. Or a dumb baby. <laughs> or a dumb baby. I don't baby. even know what that what? means. What does that mean? I don't know. It doesn't mean anything. Keep going. <laughs> okay, I just I'm wanted sorry. to say dumb baby. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was funny. Okay. <clears throat> okay. But regardless, there are so many things that I could talk about, or I'm sure you could talk about, Justin, that are problematic with this worksheet. But that conversation happens again and again. So really for the second thing, I would love to talk about how this worksheet could impact people who would receive it, these kids. Yeah, because that's really the conversation that we need to have. Right. And I will do this in kind of a three-stage process. Okay. Um, I am going to kind of use my own personal experience. Um, so as a freshman in high school, if I was given this worksheet at this stage of my life where I knew very little about the LGBTQ plus community or myself, I probably would have fallen into the category that a lot of affirming people at church find themselves in, where I didn't think that being gay was a big issue. I didn't think that it should be a big deal. I thought that they should be there, but I also did nothing to educate myself, to put myself in their shoes, to be there for them. Mm -hmm. For me, it was more so dealing with the uncomfort of this situation that was important to me. The second stage comes right after I came out to myself. A lot of people who are in the LGBTQ plus community have an experience where there's a period of time where you come out to yourself first before you come out to anyone else. It's a stage of self-discovery 
And you're very vulnerable in that stage a lot of the time. If this worksheet had been given to me during that time, it would have been very, very detrimental. That'd be brutal. Yeah. It, that us versus them mentality that is so popular and even promoted in this worksheet mm-hmm. is huge. I remember myself when I was going through this stage, I was very depressed and it's, Gee, I wonder why. Yeah. Well, it's it's so huge when two parts of your identity clash so much because, you know, you're really supposed to think that you can't be gay and be a Christian. And my whole identity for so long was that I was a good Christian. Mm-hmm. When I realized that being gay was also part of my identity, I was so confused. They're at war. Yeah. And, you know, this concept hurts kids, if nothing else. And that's something that should be thought of. Like this worksheet gave no consideration that any of these kids could be gay. If I was, it given certainly this, seems that way, right? right? It's just like the homosexual. What if you sat next to like, bro, I am a homosexual. <laughs> it's very dehumanizing. It, it seems like the goal is to make LGBTQ plus people less of a person so that it's easier to like reject them from the church. That just seems very apparent from the yes. reading of that worksheet. And it just breaks my heart to think if I was given this worksheet at that stage of my life, Mm. it would have devastated me. Well, hey, thank your Bible teacher for not doing that because they (laughs) very well could have. Amen. It was alive (laughs) and kicking during during your day. Yeah, for real. Um, Finally, finally, we have the third stage, which would have been right now. If I received this worksheet now in this time of my life where I've accepted myself for who I am and I'm secure in my identity... Even now, something like this worksheet, if this was given in a class where there was no room for conversation, there was no room for openness, it would be hard. And now I have the energy and the resources to argue those points and to fight back. But that takes a long time to get there. And a lot of people don't reach this stage for a very Mm. long time. Yeah. So considering this is meant for kids, I doubt there would be a lot there that would be at this stage. Yeah. And the awful thing, or maybe even like the worst thing about this worksheet is that it doesn't stand alone. Right. There are so many other forms of this out there, not just for Christian youth to have to consume or to, in the case of this worksheet, do for a grade, but just as they're walking down the street. Right. Just as they're trying to live their lives. I know for me, if I had this this worksheet given to me when I was coming to discover myself, I'm not sure that I would have been okay the rest of the day. Yeah. Yeah. Or for a while. Or for a while. It When you're struggling with something this big, especially if you grow up in the Christian community and it's so contrary to who you are, mm-hmm. it it was something that I wrestled with for a long time and very emphatically crying tears begging god mm, it's not great (laughs) yeah and again unfortunately this worksheet is just a simple example of christians having a long history of doing anti-human things quite unapologetically as well right they just do it and don't bat an eye at it yeah there's no sense of remorse or Mm -mm. gentleness in this it's I mean, just take the first question. Yeah, this worksheet makes it seem like how you think about and treat other people is a toss-up. 
Well, you decide. How are you going to engage with someone who's gay? What is that? What is that even? What is that, that all is about? That's a great question. I don't know what that's about. <laughs> the baseline idea is that if you're a true Christian, there's no possible way for you to be gay. There's just no room. You're either converted to being straight or you have to sacrifice a love life to follow Jesus. And I know this is a big fear for some people that are in the church. For me mm-hmm. personally, I had a long time where I would cry myself to sleep every night, begging God to either turn me straight or to kill me because I didn't want to go through with living this life. Yeah. How could you? (laughs) Yeah, for real. Yeah. The ultimate issue with this worksheet is that it follows an anti-human way of thinking about people. And no one on the privileged side has to deal with the weight of what this topic actually means. Yeah. Yeah, thank you, Chris, for sharing that. Uh, That's incredibly valuable and yeah appreciate it yeah of course all right folks well that's our time for today uh, i hope y'all got something from this and and not just some ideas for slurs because folks don't ever use slurs come on now do we have to say that apparently uh, we do apparently, we, apparently do. we do yeah so hey join us next time on the talus slopes podcast we're going to talk about more awful christian behavior and hey chris actually before we get out of here uh, we're talking about being gay and being straight and all that. I got, yeah. I got, a, I got a joke for you. You want to hear it? Uh, okay. Uh, no, it's it's cool. It's okay. cool. Yeah. I know. <laughs> like this bigoted guy that I do a podcast with told me this joke. No. no, it's good. It's good. Okay, so Chris, who's the straightest man in the Bible? Lot. Why Lot? Well, I mean, when he was asked, he didn't offer himself. He offered his daughters. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not no, wrong. That's not <laughs> the homoerotic temptation. No, no, take my daughters. I mean, come they on, that'd pure. be more surplus. Okay, that's actually a good answer, but it's it's not not the actual answer for the joke. Oh, you you want to know what it is? Yeah, I actually do. It, Joseph, because Pharaoh made a ruler out of him. It's one of those jokes that I'm just like, wow. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Thoughts and prayers. Thoughts and prayers. Thoughts and prayers.